Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. Today we've got rock star Erica Rooney in the house, culture expert, keynote speaker, C-suite whisperer, and she's even got her own incredible podcast from now to next. Incredible. You've got so much, and you've got an incredible family. I've seen all the stuff that you you do in your day. It's incredible how you fit it all in, but you do it. Thank you so much for hopping on with us. Awesome. I am so pumped to be here, Brad. Thanks for having me this early in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm ready. I, you know, I, I touched the floor ready to slay the day with Rooney Nation today. It doesn't get Love much it. better than that. Love it. That sounds amazing. We got a mutual friend that kind of connected us and we're all kind of into some of the same stuff. Just talking to you off air, you, you're a, you're a real heart centered leader. You're, you're like a chief encouragement officer for, for anyone that you allow into your circle. And one of the things that stuck with me is you talk about having a sticky floor Hmm. and, and you work with leaders. What is a sticky floor? Let's just get to that. What is sticky floor? What do you mean by that? Absolutely. So, and I'll give you a little backstory there, right? Like there's so many different things that affect people who are trying to excel in their career, trying to climb the corporate ladder, right? Especially when you're looking at women in marginalized groups, there's pay gaps, there's inequities, racism, sexism, ageism, all the isms, you name it, right? And those are things that we are not going to be able to solve for in my lifetime, right? We can move the needle and we absolutely should, but what are we doing that is in our span of control and what is holding us back? So I have a true belief that it's not necessarily the glass ceiling that is holding us back, although it does play a part, but it's our own sticky floors, And those sticky floors can show up in the form of imposter syndrome, perfectionism, the fear of judgment, the fear of failure, toxic relationships, toxic behaviors, you know, any one of those things that is really keeping you down and weighing you down is what a sticky floor is. That is good. I love that so much. So you work with a lot of cool cats, a lot of people that are clearly wanting to invest in themselves, but they're stuck, they're singing in the mud with what feels like forever for them. What would you say is the most common sticky floor human trait, human quality, human characteristic? Do you have any tips on how we can get beyond that? Yeah. So if you had asked me this question maybe six months ago, I probably would have said imposter syndrome, right? Because we hear that it's a big buzzword. Sure. But after talking with hundreds of women, the one common thread that I hear is knowing your worth, right? And actually valuing what you're bringing to the table. And I think that is probably one of the biggest sticky floors that I am seeing just replay itself time and time again. And it manifests in different ways for people, right? But especially in people in corporate America, it manifests in not asking for the compensation that you should get, not asking for the promotion, not advocating for yourself for the training that you need, not asking for help, right? And it's this whole knowing your worth. It's accepting less, right? And that keeps right. you weighted down. I and love that. good. Yeah. And so when I work with these people, depending on how it shows up, is kind of where I coach and guide them on how to get out of it, right? So let's take, for example, knowing your worth, 
and being afraid to ask for the compensation you deserve. One of the reasons women really get stuck in this is because we have this innate feeling that we should do things because it's easy for us, right? Mm. Like, absolutely. I can help. Like, let me redo your resume for you because that's an easy skill for me. I've been in human resources for 15 plus years. Looking at someone's resume and making it perfect in 15 minutes is a special skill that I have. And because it is so easy to me, I'm like, Hey Brad, let me just take care of this for you. I'm making it nice. I want people to like me and I, I want to do you know, good things, right? But that is a special skill. And that special skill has a dollar amount attached to it in the corporate world. Yes. And women don't attach that dollar amount. So when they're talking about their sticky floor and not knowing their worth, I have them go through and just write down what you're good at. What are you good at? And they can say, looking at resumes, interviewing, talking to people, connecting, Oh, whatever, baking a pound cake. I don't care whatever it is. And then let's monetize that, right? Like look at it through the eyes of a white dude because he's not going to do somebody's resume for free. He's not even going to do his buddy's resume for free. He's going to be like, yeah, man, give me 50 bucks. I'll get you a new resume. Right. 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 So how do we know our worth? I love it, man. Little brain dump of what you're, what you're passionate about. That's good stuff. What I hear you saying is there's, there's a lot of, you'll, you'll do these brain dumps, but a lot of people, they don't feel comfortable betting on themselves. Like they don't feel comfortable investing and advocating for themselves. You run across that quite a bit? I do. And one of the questions, or it's not a question, but one of the things that I pose to them is always what got you here isn't going to get you there, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. all of these skills that you have mastered and that you are a rock star at, that's great here, but you're telling me you want to grow. You want to do more. What? Where is the gap, right? So if you're moving from a mid-level manager and you want to hit VP, what's in that gap space, right? Where do you either A, need to invest in yourself or B, where do you need to take the risk, right? Because there's, we haven't done all the things in the world, right? So we're right. all going to have a first at something in every role that we take on in every new endeavor. Right. So where does that exist and how do you get there? Mm. So good. So good. I wish you would please quit showing off on my show. Sounds awesome. <laughs> ah, gratitude. You and I are both big toes touch the floor. Let's let's feel grateful type peeps. A lot of times talk to with my people about you know what how we talk to ourselves can be the determining factor whether we win or lose that day just how we talk to ourselves. What, is, what can we do to help those women, those people in general, to start whispering more gratitude into their daily diet of thoughts? Because there's a lot of people that just don't do that. They, they're on the negative train. They're glass half empty peeps. They don't whisper gratitude in their own ear. And people feed off that. As you know, a lot of people communicate, but very few connect. Are, do you have any tips or any words of wisdom to the peep out there that needs to be whispering a little more gratitude into their yeah. daily dose? Yeah, I'm a huge believer in gratitude. And when you are having those like really crappy days, you know, sure. those are the days that you need to practice it the most, right? Mm-hmm. And like full transparency, I have struggled with anxiety before and depression. And on those days when I was just like, 
everything sucks. I would sit down and I would make myself write out 50 reasons to be grateful. Mm-hmm. And some of those would just be, I'm grateful that I can write because there are people out there who don't know how I'm grateful. I can read. I'm grateful that I can see the paper. And some of that sounds so rudimentary, but if you actually read that and think about it, there are people out there who don't know how to read and write. There are people out there who can't speak English, who are struggling to communicate in this world. Right. And in your darkest days, that's when you need to really put it down there. But a second piece of it that I add on for myself, because it's an area that I believe I also need to work on and focus on. And also with the women that I work on is kind of like what I call the F yeah list. And those are all the accomplishments that we do in a day that we brush through and breeze on by and make light of it and don't highlight. It's like highlight that to your dang self because you are doing it. And like, you need to take note, you need to celebrate, you need to have a minute to focus on that accomplishment because it will help you know your worth and it will help you build your confidence. Ooh, that is good. Love it. Coming strong. I was thinking about core values. Mm. You have some good ones. I just, I, I speak with you for five minutes and I know immediately you're, you're just a good soul and you've clearly got to have some core values. Maybe what's the number one core value that's missing? Is there one that you feel more often than not people that come to you, they're missing and they, they just, their lens aren't seeing it. Courage. Right. Courage to do the hard things, courage to be uncomfortable, Mm. courage to have the hard conversations with others and with yourself. Mm. That's good. I love that. I would agree. I mentioned it already, but the courage to bet on ourselves and invest in ourselves. Me personally, I don't know if you can relate, but for years, I always wanted to be this, that, or the other thing, but I didn't have really the courage to just go both feet in. I was kind of the commitment is 50-50 guy instead of commitment is 100-100 guy. I didn't bet on me, but it's amazing how much better life can be if you bet on yourself. You start to become a different kind of beast. Words like accountability and and discipline, there's some people that kind of get a negative mindset on those things. Let me ask you a question, Brad. Yeah. Let's pretend I'm your manager. And I give you a quick call and I'm like, Hey Brad, listen, I'm going to put a a hold on your calendar for tomorrow. You and I need to talk about accountability. How do you feel? Well, not good. No, (laughs) (laughs) you feel nervous. You're defensive. You're like, Oh my God, what did I not do? What did I do? Like it has created this feeling of uncomfort and truly a feeling of defense, right? Mm -hmm. But accountability is the single characteristic, I believe in leadership, that you have to have to be successful, right? But it's how it's looked at in society today, right? So I really challenge all of my leaders, all of the people that I work with to not hold their people accountable, because that's just like this parent-child relationship, and we're all adults here, but it's to hold them capable, Like I hold you capable of doing your job, meeting the deadlines, staying on the budget, producing excellent results. You're capable versus I'm holding you accountable. It has a totally different vibe. You're right. You're you're spot on there. Is it how leaders frame it? I mean, you asked me that question. Yeah, I think that that our brains are there to like naturally protect us. And so when you ask me that question, you say accountability like that. I instantly thinking, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. 
Is it just a matter of reframing it? It absolutely is a matter of reframing yeah. it and like talking through your pe- with your people what you mean by accountability. You have to be very clear in setting that stage, right? Because that is a word that exists in all of society. Like Brad, you and I've never worked before and I knew exactly how to go in for the kill on that one, you yeah, know? Right. So setting those expectations of like, this is what I am holding you capable of. Like you are able to do all of these things and I'm not going to micromanage you, but at the end of the day, you're the one that I need to be looking at for success. Right. What is it? Right. And then you internalize that of like, okay, I'm accountable for these things. So when you're talking to yourself about it, accountability is a good thing. But when you're projecting it on others, that's when it kind of becomes this defensive pushback. That is really good. Fantastic. Love it. And you were using accountability in there. You were kind of you were projecting like it's multiple, it's a multiple people party. Like this isn't a me thing, this is a we thing. We all have mentors. We all have people we bounce stuff off of. We all have people like that. I, I, all the successful people I know, myself included. Do you feel a lot of these people don't realize that that you need a, an accountability partner? You can't just do this thing by yourself. You can't even lead by yourself. I think they don't know when they need one. And I'll, I'll explain that a little bit, right? Like some people need an accountability partner to go to the gym every day because they are not going to go unless their bestie shows up with them. Me, I got a gym in the back of my office. I'm on there every single day. It is ingrained in who I am because health and wellness is one of my big core values. Mm -hmm. I don't need an accountability partner when it comes to that. However, I struggle with this sticky floor of caring what other people think about me. Right. And when before I started my podcast, I was very concerned about what people would say, what they would think. Da, 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 da. Sure. Finally, ask myself, Erica, are you doing the courageous thing here? To which I was not. And I said, I'm going to do it. So I knew at that moment that I needed to be held accountable to get it going. And what I immediately did was I sent 15 of my closest female connections a message saying, this is what I'm doing. This is how I need your support. And, you know, I'm going to need you to show up for me and make sure I'm following through. Because I knew the second that I hit that send button, I had 15 people holding me accountable. Love it. Love it. So good. We've only got about five minutes and then I'm just like, Drop kicking Rooney Nation to the curb and seeing saying Yahtzee, Gonzo, Dunzo. Dunzo. Yes. Uh, I do have a couple things I would love to talk about. You talk about there being a great divide with women in leadership. There's the there's the mean girls, and mm. uh, and then there's I you know, I term it chief encouragement officers. Well, you know what? I'll just like maybe I'll just let you dive into that. What do you mean by that? And and how yeah. is it you're seeing that? My experience in my own corporate worlds and then also working with other women is there are those women who are like, let me reach back and bring everybody with me, right? Like, this is how we are going to conquer this divide, this gender gap that exists is by empowering other women. And they really, truly reach back. They have this abundance mindset. Mm -hmm. They believe there is room for everybody at the top, right? Right. Then there seems to be this 
old school mean girl mentality of like, there's only room for one girl here. So like, that's gotta be me. So I've got to cutthroat, get to the top, you mm-hmm. know? And what ends up happening is those quote unquote mean, mean girls in corporate America end up alienating so many women at the end of the day, right? They may have short-term gains, but they have long-term repercussions, you know, but that does still exist in corporate America today, whether it is gossiping at the water cooler or, you know, not sharing the wealth of information that is out there for women, they exist, you know, they exist in corporate America, but those female, I love how you said chief encouragement offers or chief empowerment offers, the women CEOs, those are the people that are really creating an equal playing field for all, you know, and bringing everybody up there. Again, it's that abundance mentality. There is room for all of us at the top. I love it. Yeah. I mean, only 1% of the world can even say that they're financially free, which means it's, it's crowded at the bottom. It's empty at the top. There's lots of room. I I listen to you talk and I'm same way. I are with men and women. And there's a lot of these peeps that have had to fight and claw so hard in their entire life. And I just listen to you. And I feels like this has been more with the, the women I work with. Some of them have felt disrespected or haven't felt like they've gotten the credit they deserve, or they're trying to be a great leader, but they're going about it all wrong. You know, great, as you know, great leadership is influence. Great leadership is being a great communicator. Great lead, leadership itself isn't a title. And I've found that jealousy can be something we need to dump as well. Do you oh, ever, yes. uh, do, you, do you see that in the peeps that you work with as well? That's something that's holding them back from being the best version of themselves? I think that jealousy mindset really also comes from a scarcity mindset, right? And from whatever they went through in the past, whether that was they had that type of leadership, that's what they learned from, whether they were taught as a child that there's not enough for everybody, so you grab what you can. I mean, those are things that are hard to unlearn, right? And you really have to acknowledge that sticky floor, put the work into changing your mindset, which is not easy to do. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where I think it stems from. Right. Yeah. 100%. I love that. It's really hard to do. And you know, naturally, what we think about, we become good at, right? So yeah. I, I generally talk about, I'm a big habits guy. And you know, the only way we're going to become what we think about in terms of being on the positive trade is to build habits and routines that will allow us to inch that direction. Okay. I got one more question then. And then we really are kicking to the curb. I promise this time. I have a question on burnout for you, sister. Do you feel it's more based around overload? I've got too much on my plate. People are absorbing positions. They're not rehiring. Or do you feel like lack of challenge? They're they're just, they aren't growing. They're, 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 They're just choking on mediocrity. Which one would you say it is? I think it comes from lack of growth. And I mean that in a lack of personal growth sense, right? I've already said it. What got you here won't get you there. You can't continue to do all the things that you've done from the end of time, right? If you are not growing personally, right, professionally, you're not able to adapt with what is happening, right, and what is going on in the world. So, yes, there is overload, but there's overload because you're not growing. Amen. So good. Yeah, it's like if we were going to plant a tree in a two-foot pot, its roots are only going to go so far, right? 
So, cool beans. All right, girlfriend. Well, we've got 30 to 45 seconds where, uh, we, you know, at the time of this recording, 66 countries checking into Erica Rooney. They're wanting to know what can they start doing today that will give them their best shot at being their best self beginning today. Take whatever you want to do, but you're afraid to do and do it scared. Just do it. Take the messy action. It doesn't have to be perfect. Break that down into the tiniest of steps and take it. I love it. You are a rock star. Thank you so much for joining us, friend. I know that you've got a lot going on, getting pulled in different directions, and you you carved out space for us today. So, You too, Brad. Thank you. Awesome. Make it a great day.